the hell eats dim sum for lunch, man? I do. Fancy. That shit was cheap. Like 20 bucks. I love dim sum. That's expensive for lunch. $20? Fuck it, bro. YOLO. (laughs) (laughs) Two on one. A fantasy football podcast. With your host, Steven Bautista. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the two-on-one, a fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Bautista. Along with me, the commish, Tommy Molio, and everybody's best friend, Dominic Rickard. The NFL Week 2 has come and gone and offered us some exciting action. Fitzmagic was at it again, throwing four touchdowns and leading the Bucks to another upset victory over the defending champs. Not to be outplayed, Patrick Mahomes threw for six touchdowns. You heard me right, six touchdowns on only 28 passing attempts, beating the Steelers in Heinz Field. And once again, we had another tie between the Packers and the Vikings, which could have been an instant classic if one of the teams would have won. With so much to talk about on today's podcast, let's jump right in. Dominic, why don't you start us off with some quick hits? NFL, quick hits. Uh, yeah, my quick hits, you talked about a little bit the Vikings-Green Bay game. It was a great game. It was a comeback by the Vikings. And I think even though they didn't win, Kirk Cousins became a, a Viking god, a Viking legend with that pass to Adam Thielen that split the two de- defenders, caught it, and rolled into the end zone. It was an amazing play. And I think uh, the Vikings fans are happy that they got the quarterback of the future. And then my second one is the 2-0 and teams that are in the NFL. There's a couple of you know expected, the Broncos, Rams, and Jags. But the surprise ones, the Dolphins, Chiefs, Bucks, and Bengals, who would have thought you would say Bucks and Bengals would be 2-0 to start the season off? Those are my quick hits. What about you, Tommy? Steve already mentioned Patrick Mahomes. Uh, unreal. Six touchdowns. Like, where is this kid coming from? But I, I think people that knew had already known, you know, knew that he was going to be this good. But seeing this game with the Chiefs and the Steelers, I mean, I can't believe Ben Roethlisberger threw for 60, you know, had 60 attempts passing, which is insane. And then the use of James Conner, which was still there, but he only rushed the ball eight times um, and got more involved in the passing game. So, you know, fantasy-wise, I think still showed that both teams are still putting up big numbers, but I think this really showed how, how good the Chiefs really are this year. The other thing that stood out to me in Week 2 uh, was the kickers. I think for a fantasy football show, we don't usually talk about kickers because really who who cares that much? But they played a big impact in this week by missing field goals. You know, we had 17 missed field goals in week two, including four from Cleveland alone, three from Minnesota and two from Pittsburgh. And, you know, for Cleveland and Minnesota, that cost those guys their jobs. They're done. You know, like I said, kicking isn't usually a big topic, but it's really having an effect on, on the outcomes of games this year. Yeah, I agree with that, Tommy. And also one not to forget, too, is the missed PAT by the Oakland Raiders uh, oh, yeah. cost that cost them the game against the Buccaneers. They ended up losing, uh, excuse me, the, the Broncos ended up losing a 20 to 19. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Kicking is definitely a big part of the game. And like it costs a lot of people their jobs this week and, and it costs people some games. And we're going to have a bunch of new kickers next week. A big kicker coming in now to the Vikings is Dan Bailey. You know, he replaced the uh, the young kid that was cut. So we'll see how it goes. Um, oh, yeah. And then Greg Zerline, you know, getting hurt in, uh, in warmups and not even playing in that game, you know. So, uh, Greg the Leg or what I heard today was what Greg Atron. It's a huge loss for, for fantasy and for the Rams. Definitely. All right, guys. Now it's time to get a little weird, uh, with our brand new segment, Nostradamus. 
Nostradamus. Yeah, that was tight. I like that. <laughs> All right, guys. So it's the Nostradamus mini segment. It's a pun on words because my name's Dom Dominic, and uh, I make predictions and. I think they're going to come true, and we'll see how they play out throughout the week. I think uh, Tommy has a recap of what I did last week. Tommy? Uh, yeah, I uh, think they're going to come true. They pretty much did come true. So last week, Nosha Dom uh, predicted that Steve would win, despite being the underdog against my brother Vince, and predicted that Steve would win by eight points. Uh, Steve actually won by nine points. So, <laughs> uh, no, also predicted that one of my receivers will go off while the other is pedestrian. Uh, I had Michael Thomas go off for 30 points and Antonio Brown, um, pretty much put up pedestrian numbers, put up his four numbers at 15 points. And then, uh, he dropped a free nugget on Aaron Rapoli, telling him to pick up Will Drisley, tight end for the Seattle Seahawks, and Drisley scores 13 points. So, yeah. Pretty good predictions by Nostradamus. <laughs> I think you say it a lot better than, than how I could say it. I'll go, <laughs> I'll go roll up right into my bold predictions for this week. Mostly NFL predictions, but one fantasy prediction. Number one, I got Pat Mahomes throws his first two picks of the season, but he still scores over 25 points. I also predict that Fitzmagic has a running TD plus a passing TD, and the Bucks remain undefeated putting heat on Jameis Winston's return, and I think he sits on the bench if they keep winning. My third prediction, the Cleveland Browns defense is too much for Sam Darnold and the Jets, and everyone gets free Bud Light in Cleveland, finally. I like that <coughs> one. I like that I last one, Dom. Yep. Uh, are they still doing that for uh, when the Browns winning? Yep. I think it's whenever they get that first win, yeah. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Definitely going to be tomorrow. I'm, and the last one might be influenced by saying it out loud, but – my fourth prediction is Steve drops his kicker, Bailey, before Sunday's games, picks at least one other kicker up, if not two, before the 10 a.m.'s kickoff. <laughs> I think you just took a shot at me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't really a prediction. That was a shot. Well, you know, son, even, though, even though Steve knows that's a prediction and is going to try not to do it, I think it might still happen. <laughs> well, I mean, it just depends. If he gets a groin injury in pregame, I mean, obviously I'm going to get a new kicker. Uh, all right, so now that after all that weird stuff and the time of life that we can't get back, thank you, Dom. <laughs> uh, let's uh, move on to something that really matters: fantasy football talk. Tommy, we too saw some surprises in fantasy, but one thing I can't get over is what David Johnson is doing. Listen to these stats, man. In two weeks, he's had twenty-two rushing attempts for eighty-five yards six receptions for 33 yards and only one touchdown. I mean, those are stats that you would think he would maybe be doing in one game. Is it time for David Johnson owners to be freaking out? Uh, I would freak out a little bit. I mean, I know in our league, Jeff owns David Johnson and and I know he's still trying to be pretty optimistic and not show any sort of freaking out, but I feel like inside he is because if I had him, uh, I definitely would be freaking out, especially my number one pick. You might as well have Le'Veon Bell, who's not even showing up to the game. You know, I, I'd feel better about that because then, you know, you could sit David Johnson. But after those first two games, you really have to question not just uh, his potential, but the entire Arizona Cardinals offense, you know, and I think how long is Sam Bradford going to stay in there when he's not even checking down to David Johnson? And is it time to see what Josh Rosen could do? Can he turn this offense around? Can he get the ball to Larry Fitzgerald and open up the passing game to hopefully get David Johnson some more yards and some more points? But so far, I'm not really seeing the same David Johnson that 
or we saw in 2016. And I think that's the other hard part is you're comparing him to a whole season ago. We didn't get to see him play in 2017 because he was injured. So you're hoping that he's still the same David Johnson from two years ago. And so far, I'm not seeing it. Dominic, do you think that it's a, uh, is it the coaching that with Mike McCoy being the new offensive coordinator? Or is it more David Johnson just, he's not the same player that he was before? No, I think it's 100% coaching. I don't think McCoy is utilizing him. He was the OC at Denver before, then the head coach for the Chargers for a little bit. And I don't think he knows how to use David Johnson. If it was just purely David Johnson was getting the ball 30 times a game and wasn't producing because their offense is bad, that's one thing. But if David Johnson's not seeing the ball 30 times a game, he's, like Tommy said, he's not getting checked down to. They're not doing a simple formula when you have a dynamic back like that. Run the ball outside, run the ball outside, go in the middle to keep him honest, screen, screen, check down. That will open your offense up, and they're not doing that the first two games, and that's what really worries me about David Johnson. Not his skill set so much, but it, but his usage from the coaches. Tommy, another dud we had this week in week two was Antonio Brown. You know, that Pittsburgh Steeler whole organization is turning into a circus, but you also seeing the emergence of Juju Schuster now becoming really fantasy relevant basically leading the NFL in targets by Big Ben. Yeah, you know, and, and Big Ben's, like I said earlier, he's throwing the ball 60 times a game, so he has to throw it to someone. Uh, in this last game, you saw him spread it around to, to the tight end, Jesse James, to, to Juju, <clears throat> and even to Antonio Brown, too. And, and as an Antonio Brown fantasy owner, I was really frustrated because, not just because of the output and the points, but he did have, like, 16 targets. So they were trying to get the ball to him. He just... It was either getting overthrown on a couple of times or he had a couple of drops, but Juju did the most with, with his targets and had 13 receptions for 121 yards and a touchdown. At least he averaged 9.3 yards a catch in the last game versus Brown 7.4. So if Antonio Brown's floor is at 15 points, you know, I'll take it obviously, but definitely not putting up what I thought he would. And then Le'Veon Bell still not being back. Uh, Dominic, do you think it's time to trade Le'Veon Bell? Uh, in uh, yeah, leagues. I said it last week uh, to Fosberg, and I, I say it again. You don't know the uncertainty. You could go 10 games without Bell. You can't afford as your number one pick to outget value for 10 weeks. So I say you have to trade him, and you have to trade him before week three because it's the, high, it's the highest he'll be all, all year. No, I agree. Going now to some players that did some awesome things last week. Patrick Mahomes, man. Are we believing the hype on Patrick Mahomes? Well, I guess it's not hype now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean, I think he's the real deal. And I think the whole Chiefs organization knew that when they drafted him. I think they were really high on him. And, you know, we've all seen gunslingers come out of college with big arms. I mean, you know, and not do anything. Raiders saw that firsthand with Jamarcus Russell. You know, he could throw the ball 60 yards off his knee, but... He's not going to win games. That's why I wanted to see with Patrick Mahomes. Like, not only can he throw the ball, like we knew that, but can this guy manage the game, take care of the ball, not give it up? And like Dominic's pulled prediction, him getting his first pick, like, was it 10 touchdowns with zero interceptions? That's insane. You know, so. It's an NFL uh, record. Yeah. You know, it's still a small sample size, but I would say real deal. Now, I think part of it has to do, too, with the um, the defense, how bad they're playing. I think that that's what's really benefiting them. I mean, they're getting into shootouts. You know, the first week they got into a kind of a shootout with the Chargers. This week, they did score 21 points in the first quarter. So I'm not going to say that they were trying to just throw the ball nonstop. But then with Pittsburgh coming back. So I think game script is also kind of helping Mahomes as well as all the other uh, Chiefs. Do you agree, Dom? Yeah, definitely. I do. I hate to be negative Nancy, but I do think Mahomes regresses a little bit. I still think he's a top five fantasy quarterback, but 
I just don't think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. And if he keeps up what he's doing, that's what he'll have. The greatest NFL quarterback season of all time, surpassing Tom Brady. And I don't see him doing that his first four years as a starter. But I still think he's going to set the league on fire and be, like I said, top five. Dom, you don't think he's the next Brett Favre? I mean, even Brett Favre is a you know young quarterback, wasn't setting the world on fire. So his arm is the real deal, 100%. That You can't out-throw anybody on the field like Tiger. He can get it to him anywhere. So I think a lot of it has to do with Andy Reid as well, his uh, game planning, his managing the game. I mean, we saw it with Alex Smith last year having like an MVP year. And I think with Patrick Mahomes having, like Dominic said, a better arm, being able to throw those passes, I think it's just the sky's the limit for this guy. And I really don't see too much of aggression. I mean, obviously, he's not going to be throwing for six touchdowns every week. But, you know, Alex Smith didn't throw very many touchdowns, excuse me, interceptions. And I don't think Mahomes is either. Well, and I also think Mahomes has a lot more swagger and confidence in himself and his arm than Alex Smith did. You know, I think Mahomes knows he can take those shots deep. and give Tyree Kill a chance, you know, because that guy's super fast. All you have to do is throw it uh, and he'll catch it. So I think, you know, that's playing a factor too. And and his success so far is is having to sit last year and and not be forced to start watching the game, you know, sitting behind Alex Smith and then getting ready to to rock and roll this year. And he's doing his thing. You can tell. Another thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is Jameis Winston. Is he ever going to get his job back? Because I'll tell you one thing, after that press conference that Fitzpatrick did, He's my new favorite player. I mean, that was just the best thing. And if you guys haven't seen it yet, you guys got to go on Twitter and watch the video. It was the best thing ever. It's amazing. The fact that he borrowed Deshaun Jackson's uh, jacket and jewelry was hilarious. You know, just rocking the gold chains with the chest hair. And yeah, it fits magic, man. He's, again, playing with that swagger, you know? (laughs) Do you think Winston gets his job back when he comes back? I hope not. I think... They'll probably give him a shot. I wouldn't be surprised if the first game he's back, you know, if he doesn't get the start, he's definitely playing because playing football, being on a team, you know, when you're injured or something happens, it it, it sucks to lose your spot. You shouldn't lose your spot because of that. So I think he should get the opportunity to win his spot back, but you got to ride the hot hand. And I think it's when like very similar to when Dak Prescott came in with Tony Romo still there. You got to let Tony sit and just let Dak do his thing until he messes up. Hey, Dominic, your favorite player is coming back, Carson Wentz. Now, do you think that he's going to be able to resurrect this uh, Eagles offense? I mean, they haven't been exactly terrible, but they had some a pretty good matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think they should have really took advantage of that, and they looked horrible against the Falcons. So with Carson Wentz coming back, you think he recovers from his knee injury and, and can lead these guys to some victories? I think he's going to come back with a little rust, but he's got a great tune-up game to come back to. He's playing Indy this week. I believe they're home as well. So Indy's not known for their ferocious defense. So as long as he doesn't get a pass rush on him early, I think they got better in the offseason and they won the Super Bowl last year. So I think they'll be just fine. He'll have a little bit of rust, maybe not a high fantasy game the first game back, but he'll get up there in the 25s every week after that. Yeah, I'm interested to see how he comes back from that injury because, I mean, they said it was a I'm obviously a torn ACL, but he relies a lot on his legs and getting out of the pocket. And I'm hoping for being an NFL fan that he comes back a hundred percent and he's, he's able to kind of wow us again because with when Carson Wetz is in the league, I think it makes the whole league better. I know the state of North Dakota loves him. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I think that's their only claim to fame, isn't it? <laughs> Basically, yeah, having went to school there, it's like that. Oil. Oil too. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. What about from pickup? So yeah, so you know, some players I was thinking that are worth picking up in fantasy in general, and I think these guys are available in our league too. 
one person I have is Bilal Powell from the Jets. You know, in his first two weeks, he had 13 points and then 14 points. I don't think Isaiah Coel, you know, is going to be viable a long time in fantasy. So, you know, if you go with a running back in New York, I'd rather pick up Bilal Powell, who is also available in most fantasy leagues right now. The other person I was thinking worth picking up, you know, it's a little bit of a long shot. He hasn't really shown much, especially this year in fantasy, is Latavius Murray from the Minnesota Vikings. Free nuggets. The only reason I have him on my list is because there was a report today about Dalvin Cook having a hamstring injury uh, and him currently being day-to-day. I don't think it's a big deal. I think he'll still play. But knowing Dalvin Cook's, although limited, uh, injury history, it might be something, you know, getting on your roster and stashing on the bench. Dom? Yeah, um, two players I have worth picking up. Um, I focus more on the tight end position because I feel like there's a lack of depth in that position. And in our league especially, you can start a tight end in the slot Art looks like he might be doing that this week with uh, picking up Dissy from the Seahawks. So my two tight ends worth picking up. Tommy, you mentioned him a little bit earlier, but Jesse James. Last week, he had 24 points. He averaged five targets in both games. And uh, last week, he had 138 yards and a tug. So that's how he got those 24 points. And then a little bit a more bit of a concern, but OJ Howard for the Bucks. He had one catch for 75 yards. And the thing that was impressive about that catch was it wasn't a long bomb that he just beat one defender. He caught it short and outran four DBs. And He's a he beast, like, man. He looks like a receiver, so they get him more targets. Those are the two players I have worked picking up. Free Nuggets. Free Nuggets. <laughs> yeah, I saw on Twitter, like, O.J. Howard, I think, had, like, the third fastest time, how fast he was running uh, yep. in his touchdown catch that day. So that was insane to see a tight end. Some of that big move that fast and this new age of tight ends, like you were talking about last week, Don, with Jerry Cook. I think they have a lot more talent for being you know such big guys they they got the speed and they got the hands yeah another guy i want to uh, mention just one guy for me to mention to pick up is john brown he's gotten a bunch of targets in the first two weeks and i think people kind of forgot about him because he played on the thursday night against the Bengals. but he had 10 targets uh he had one touchdown four receptions for 92 yards he actually dropped another touchdown pass so he could have had two so it's starting to look like joe flacco is uh kind of like john brown a little smoky uh, he was really good with the Cardinals, and I think that with uh, the Ravens, he's going to do good from now on. He had a great sideline touchdown catch, too. It, it was like over the shoulder. It was beautiful. You know, and it was crazy when he was with the Cardinals because he was doing so well for so long and then just kind of gradually phased out of their game plan altogether. Or I think he, had he a lot got of injuries. Too. Yeah, yeah, he had a lot of injuries, I think. I think this is the but first the guys- year in a while he's been healthy. But he's fast. You know, he's fast and he's out of hands. And, you know, you need that deep threat in the league. I mean, look at the Rams with, like, Brandon Cooks. Like, that's why they got him. You know, it's just – and Tyreek Hill. You need that guy just, like, go long, catch the ball. Okay, now it's time to get some insight from the man in charge, the commish, Tommy Moe. The Commissioner's Corner. So this, you know, this week, guys, I'd like to do a little quick game with you guys called Hype or Truth to see a couple players that are off to a hot start. And then I want you guys to decide if they're going to be the truth for the rest of the season or if they're just all hype and they're going to flame out midway through the season. Sound good? All right. So the first guy I got on my list, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Hype or truth? Dom? I would love to see the hype, but I mean, I'd love to see him be the truth, but it's got to be the hype. There's no way it can last. Too early? Too soon? Too soon. Steve? I'm going to say truth, man. Fitzpatrick has this in him. Um, we've seen it before with the Jets. He had that crazy year, the Jets. I don't have the stats in front of me, but it was good enough to get him a fat contract. And I think that he does have it. I think they have a really good offensive coordinator and offensive coach in Dirk Cutter, and they have talent around them. 
I just think they needed a grown up being the quarterback. And now that they have him, I think he's going to have a great year. I mean, I'm almost thinking if he continues it for the next couple of weeks, I think he's an MVP candidate. No doubt. I hope you're right. Bold prediction. Yeah, I, I'm loving some uh, Fitz magic. I just hope Jameis doesn't come in and take a spot, you know, and then we're back to eating W's again. <laughs> even, though eating, even though they were Terrible. eating <laughs> uh, All right, next guy on the list, Matt Breda from San Francisco, running back from San Francisco. Steve, uh, hyper true. <sighs> That's a hard one for me because um, I do have Alfred Morris. And so I'm going to say hype for now. Alfred Morris is definitely someone that's familiar with the Kyle Shanahan system. He's definitely their four-minute running back, meaning when they're trying to wind down the clock, they're not trying to catch up against an opponent. So I'm going to say hype for now until we see a little bit more of Braden kind of running the ball more and getting more rushing attempts. Dom? Well, seeing that I traded for him in our league and acquired him on the waiver in the other two leagues, I definitely think he's going to be the truth. I mean – his carries concern me a little bit, but I watched him and he ran hard. He looked like the better back over Alfred Morris. He had 11 carries for 138 yards and a TD. That's a 12.5 yards per carry average. And he had three receptions for about 21 yards. So I think he's the truth. Obviously, I'm jaded because I have him on my team, but I hope he produces for me. He must be a winner, Dominic. <laughs> he's he's a winner. He's a winner. I, I think he's another guy that's like James Conner, where they would be starting no matter what, uh, but they had someone else better than him in front of them. You know, and last year it was Carlos Hyde, and, and this year it was going to be Jarek McKinnon. But he's he's always been talked about as a as a really good back that just needs a, that opportunity. And I think he's starting to get it. I think we're starting to see Alfred Morris, you know, isn't as good or maybe just lost a step uh, in his relatively old age. But I- I'm going to go truth on that one. My next guy is uh, Philip Lindsay, the running back from Denver. I had him last week as someone I wouldn't trust and a week one overreaction. And I think I was wrong. I don't know. What do you guys think? Hype or truth? I think, I think hype on this one. I just don't know. I just... He looked amazing the first two games. He's the first undrafted rookie to have back-to-back 100 uh, total yards from scrimmage. It's never been done before, so you got to give him props there. But I, he just doesn't pass the test for me. And again, maybe it's because I have Royce Freeman, and I'm and I'm hoping Royce Freeman's still the guy. But I'm rooting for Lindsey, just like I'm rooting for Fitz. But I guess I'm pessimistic on this one as well. Steve, what do you think? I'm gonna go truth on this one. I'm surprised, Dominic, that you went high, man. This is like your kind of guy. All- Way. I know you're rooting for him, but yeah, no, I'm saying truth. You know, I think he's there's still going to be a timeshare in Denver. You know, they didn't play against the best defenses. They played Seattle Seahawks the first week, and then the Oakland Raiders the second week. I think the running style he has, I think he offers something in the passing game as well. And he's honestly running, you know, between the tackles, which I didn't think he could possibly do, and he's doing it, and he's doing it well. So I'm saying truth on this, and I think he's going to end up. Beating, I think it's going to be more of a 60-40, where 60% is going to be Lindsay and 40% is going to be Freeman. I don't think Freeman's going to go away, um, but Lindsay's going to get the majority you, of it. You know what I think it is, Tommy? I think I figured it out. I, I mean, have you seen the kid? He has like a little like curly, like jerry curl, like perm coming out the bottom oh, yeah. of, his, of his helmet. Oh, I yeah. think that's I think that's why I don't trust him. Like I just... <laughs> I think it's the quaff of hair. Uh, but, but what do you what do you think about him? 
I, I just like this kid that he's a local kid. He reminds me, not in the player sense, but just where he came from, uh, of a guy like Adam Thielen, who was local, you know, was from Minnesota and got a shot with the Vikings and is making it, you know, and, and Philip Lindsay, you know, went to school at the uh, University of Colorado, the Buffaloes. Uh, was a great running back there. And then now he's getting a shot with the Broncos as an undrafted free agent. So I'm kind of rooting for him. I still think uh, Royce Freeman is the better back and probably should be the one starting. But, you know, I think he might end up being the truth. But it's still going to be interesting to see what kind of numbers he puts up with that split with uh, with Freeman. The last guy on my list, which I don't know if you guys would think would be on this list, but he's the guy that has had a really good history of being a really top a really good receiver, a top 10 receiver. But I think some people were a little bit lower on him going into the season. And that's AJ Green from Cincinnati. You know, he's had, he's gone off to a hot start. He had a three touchdown game last week, but is he going to keep it going? Are, are the Cincinnati Bengals and Andy Dalton that good to keep it going throughout the whole season? I'm going to treat this one as like a team one because AJ Green is very good. And, you know, as long as I think he's more dependent on Dalton, I'm believing, I'm going to say truth on the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that last year, was tough for them when they I think they traded the the offensive coordinator got fired in the second or third week of the season trying to learn a new offense during the years basically impossible so they had this whole offseason to get ready you know Dalton's not terrible he's serviceable he's good enough to get you know the ball downfield and you know AJ Green and you know Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard I think it's going to hurt him a little bit with Joe Mixon being out um, but I'm going to say truth Don yeah I'd think Mixon's injury and the time of, that he's out is going to have an effect on this team. I think he's that dynamic of a back and that much of a changeup from Bernard that he kind of completes this offense, and he's what they've been missing. They had it, flashes of it with Hill and Bernard, but they couldn't really capture it, and I think Mixon does all that for him. Um, I'm high on the kid, but I don't know how bad the injury is going to be. They say two to four weeks, and if it's four weeks and they lose three games while he's gone, I think uh, Andy Dalton gets back, loses his confidence a little bit, and the team kind of settles back in their ways. So I hope it's not too long, and I hope they win a couple games while he's out. So is that a hype or a truth for you? I think it's a hype just because they 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 burn it in the past, and I think they're going to tend to go that way with Mitch. Dominic just hates Ohio. That's all it is. Dominic hates Ohio. It's <laughs> true. I hate those blue-collar people. He, he hates that it's round on the sides and high in the middle. That's a perfect segue. <laughs> To, uh, let's get a little friendly with some Super Friends League talk. The Super Friends League. Tommy, we had some great matchups last week. I think we're all a little anxious and uh, to hear who got the game of the week. Yeah, the game of the week for week two for the Super Friends League came down to Monday Night Football. I definitely had someone else pick to win it until the Mexicans, Steven Bautista's team, our lovely host, ended up with the 171 to 162 victory over Noble Savages. Congratulations, Steve, for, for pulling out that win. Mostly thanks to the Chicago Bears defense that you, you picked up from the waivers from the stupid waiver fiasco that I'm going to keep talking about. Cause that should have been my <laughs> Chicago Bears defense, but and also interesting that that Steve picks up the Chicago defense on waivers after Vince dropped them and then tried to repick them back up, but Steve had the higher waiver priority. So congrats, Steve. Uh, do you want to say anything about your win? Yeah, no, I'm just I was excited. I mean, to be honest with you, going into uh, the afternoon, I didn't think I had a chance um, before the Sunday night game with Odell Beckham, but he kind of laid an egg and with nine points, and uh, Barkley uh, did pretty good for me. Had 24 points, so you know I. Thought I had a good chance going into uh, Monday night, but Chicago definitely came through with me in a hard way. I thought with uh, 
a quarterback with 53 points, there was no way I was going to be able to win. But, hey, man, I'll take it. We need to get to that eight-win eight, uh, eight win total, and I'll take it any way I can get it. You know, the other interesting thing about that game, I thought it was interesting that Khalil Mack, you know, again, is still killing it. Gets five tackles, one sack, one forced fumble. But that he's elevating the game of everyone else on that defense where we had five different players get sacks that game. So it's not just him, you know, it's what he's doing to the game or to the to the team he's facing and, and pulling double team. So, you know, you having Chicago Bears defense, I, I thought you definitely had a shot. I, I was just uh, kind of excited to see them pull it off. Nice. So let's go through some of the, the games real quick. So obviously Mexicans was able to beat Noble Savages 171 to 162. Uh, Matt beat his nemesis, Tommy, 168 to 123. Uh, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron Fosberg beat the godfather 161 to 116 dominic was able to beat art 133 to 80 art apparently took a bye week this week and decided to give a victory to dominic and john was able to beat rapoli in a tough one 155 to 144 can i just say i even though i picked myself to win last week this is why matt is my nemesis because he scores terribly week one and then gets the highest point total for week two happens every time tommy Uh, did do you believe that happened because you put it out there or do you think it was going to happen no matter what? I think it was going to happen no matter what. So I just might as well put it out there anyway. So I had something to talk about on the podcast. That's the right mindset to have. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, any free nuggets for anybody out there this week? Yeah, I had a free nugget for my boy Rapoli. I think it is time to trade one of your second tier receivers, Williams, Sammy, or even Josh Gordon. You have, those guys are all good in their own right and they can get you points. But to have to pick between the three of those at week in to week out who to put in your slot, you're going to kill yourself. And I think you need another running back. So my suggestions, not because I have them, but like a Royce Freeman type, a James White type, a second tier running back that could score a lot of points in the PPR league if they get a touchdown. Uh, that's my uh, nugget for the week. Free nuggets. I think Dom's trying to set up a trade with the boy right now. <laughs> I swear. I God, swear. Man. Come on. Do it on I, your own time. This is company I just wanted, time, bro. I wanted to give him free, like, example-type running backs to go after, and those are the two that popped into my all right. mind. All, all happen to be on your team. Is that exactly. not right, Dominic? Yeah. 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 And if, you wanna, if, you wanna throw, right if you want to throw Gordon this way, go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. One free nugget I'm going to give out is to Aaron Fosberg. I'm looking at his team right now, and I would strongly suggest not starting Le'Veon Bell. Free nuggets. <laughs> he might show up, though, right? Oh, no, that's Antonio <laughs> that's Brown. Antonio yeah. Brown. Antonio Brown's back, but uh, I don't think Le'Veon Bell's coming back for any time soon. Foster having uh, Le'Veon in there, and then I think I saw Art still has Greg Zerline in there. I hope he listens to this podcast uh, because he hurt his groin last week. Free nuggets. So don't worry, Steve will text him. Don't worry. <laughs> no, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> hey, you're playing Dominic. Make sure you... Uh, <laughs> right. Hey, one free nugget I had for Fosberg. Uh, I know he's trying to move Le'Veon Bell. Uh, he's, trying to, he's trying to sell high on him right now, but uh, I would just caution that the longer he waits, the lower his stock drops. So, yeah, if, uh, if there's a waiting game out there for somebody, you might be able to snag Le'Veon Bell if Fosberg starts to get desperate enough. We'll see. Free nuggets. You know, so one thing we talked about having on this podcast is uh, either people call in and give some advice or talk about players. But this week, I decided to enlist a couple people in our league who happen to be playing this week to smack talk each other on the podcast. 
So first up, we have Jeff with his message to Vince. Ah, the Nemesis Bowl. This has been two years in the making. That's right. In the last two years, I've played Vince four times, and I've beat Vince four times. This is going to be lucky number five, uh, and that's why it's a Nemesis Bowl. And for all you motherfuckers who have a problem with my goddamn trades, all I have to say is over the last two years, I have put up more points than any other team in consecutive years in this league. And if you doubt my skills, then go fuck yourself. Oh, wow. That was crazy. Um, yeah. Okay. I guess he didn't like people that didn't like his trade. I mean, I'm one of them. But... Does he have Tourette's? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely angry, right? So uh, so with that, you know, let, let's hear what Vince has to say. This is for all the people in the Nemesis Bowl. The Nemesis is going down. Godfather, you're going down, buddy. Let me tell you, brother. <sighs> Nemesis Bowl 2018. Going down, Nemesis. That's you, Godfather. You and your punk-ass, bullshit-ass strategy, not having a tight end, then drafting for a tight end. You're going down, brother. <sighs> Nemesis Bowl 2018. Going down, brother. Woo! And clearly someone's going for the uh, WWE approach. Uh with uh with the smack talking but you know vince I, i'm loving it it's uh it's great nice guys so with that being said let's uh jump into our favorite segment blazing predictions all right guys just to recap the uh, picks from last week we actually all went three and five uh so tommy right now is leading the year uh, he's at 60% with six picks correct, and Dominic and myself are tied at 50%, so five each right. Um, so why don't we just go and uh, go down the list right now and get our predictions in. First one is the Mexicans versus the stand-up Colin. Tell me who you got. I have Mexicans in this one. I, I think Steve's team is strong, um, and I don't think Mex- uh, stand-up Colin has what it takes, even though it is. Projected really close right now. Currently at one thirty three to one twenty nine. I think Mexicans and his solid run game pull it off. Um, I uh, I had Steve as well. I think like my free nugget to Rapoli earlier. He leaves a lot of ten and fourteen points on the bench, and then it throws him into a tizzy on who to start next week. So Steve pulls this victory out. I'm also going to take myself in this one, uh, just because I think I'm going to go undefeated this year. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right. All right. Next prediction. one is. Uh, Bold prediction. Next one is uh, Time to Eat, which is uh, Matt and Aaron Fosberg. Dominic, who you got? Yeah, I got Matt starts his uh, first two-game win streak of the year. Another big performance from Cooks and actually Matt Ryan. Uh, Fosberg regrets not starting Will Fuller for the second week in a row. Yeah, I'm, gonna pick, uh, I'm, I'm picking Matt in this one, too, partly for, for what I got, got to experience last week when uh, – when Diggs, Cooks, and Hunt go off, and I think Fournette's coming back. And also, if you're going to try to start Le'Veon Bell when he's not playing, yeah, you're just, I think you're just going to lose. So, you know, based on that alone, I'll take Matt. I'm going to go with Fosberg this week just because I'm trying to get ahead now. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you're honest. At least you know, you're honest. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how Carson Wentz does. I think he's going to have a big week. A.J. Green against Carolina should be good. And I'm kind of liking Amari Cooper now. You know, he had a good week this last week. Maybe they're trying to – they're finally figuring out how to use him. So Finally I'm giving gonna, him the ball, giving him those chances. I guess, yeah. Finally throwing to him is what I should have said. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Fosberg this week. All right, guys. Next matchup is Tommy versus Dominic, the host battle. Yeah. So, I, I think I had this one in the bag until um, that trade went through with Jeff and, and Dominic to 
give Dominic Juju Smith Schuster. Um, you have something to say about that trade, Tom? <laughs> you know, I just I just don't get it. You know, uh, Greg Kittle, uh, I I get is a good solid tight end, and and if you don't have a tight end, you know, he's a great pickup to get. But he's someone that you should be buying low. You know, I don't think you need to give someone up like Juju, uh, who's currently uh top five receiver in yards to to get him. I, I think he could have him for less. Uh, you know, Devontae Freeman is is what it is. You know, he's a good running back, but I think he's gonna stay hurt. So overall I think just Dominic got the better the upper hand in that in that trade for sure. And and now I'm have to have to deal with it. But I'm still gonna go with myself because I think uh Antonio Brown has a bit of a bounce back week against Tampa Bay and and Tom Brady going against Detroit is a good matchup. So uh I'm gonna go with myself and um yeah. Uh, screw you, Dominic. Dominic? It's... Nice, Tommy. I'm I'm glad you picked yourself because uh, that makes one of us. Because I have myself over you by two points, and I think it's going to be a game of the week candidate because I got Evans and Juju outperforming Brown uh, on Monday night. Oh. I mean, not it, not individually each, but the duo together, and it's going to be a battle going back and forth. And I think I'm going to win like a close one. I'm gonna beat you with Cleveland's defense tomorrow. That's how I'm gonna beat you. Uh, yeah. Shots fired. I like it. Um, I'm gonna choose. You know, it's a hard one. Choose wisely, uh, Steve. Choose yeah, wisely. I'm just gonna probably choose Tommy because he's probably gonna complain to me later if I yes. don't. So, <laughs> and the main reason is I'm I, the, the top three players: Tom Brady against Detroit. Antonio Brown against a weak Tampa Bay defense, especially after this week. I think Antonio Brown is gonna ball. And Michael Thomas, I think is, I don't know, maybe the best receiver in the NFL, uh, you know, and he's going to get the targets. And so, I mean, I'm going to go with Tommy on a slight victory, maybe by three points at the most. All right, guys, uh, moving on to the next one. We have uh, John versus Art. Dom, who you got? Uh, John's got this one, even though he has the most questionable guys on a starting roster right now. I think Denard Hopkins Dalvin Cook, Jay Ajayi, and Fitzgerald are all questionable. I think they're all going to play, but just to see a lot of cues on John's roster. But I think Art's too at had in system this week. If he sticks with it, I think he scores a good point from that duo. He still loses, but I think people start looking at being 0 2 or 1 3 or something like that. And they say, maybe we should start two tight ends in this league. So. At least Art's trying to do something, and I. But I got I got John in this one. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going John as well. Uh, I I think he has overall just better players. I, I agree with Dominic saying with the questionable tags, and that does worry me as well. But if you're going to go two tight ends, you know I I think you try to do it with guys that Art had last year, like Travis Kelsey and Gronkowski, not not Gronkowski and Disley. And I'm looking at his bench. I think he's hoping that we had a super flex league so he could play one of those two. Uh, quarterbacks that he has seen on his bench but uh if i could offer <laughs> one free nugget uh to art um you know maybe consider putting in godwin instead of disley and moving uh gronk to the tight end spot just a thought free nuggets that's a huge nugget man i mean that i don't understand no offense john but i don't <laughs> understand how this guy started disley man i mean that's just not i mean i think it worked for him last year but he also had what kelsey and gronkowski yeah so the big difference between those two players and Gronkowski and Disley, you know, so I'm definitely going with John this week, even though he has all those questionables, because um, I think Art's probably going to be stubborn and kind of stick with those guys. So, um, John, I got John winning as well. Art also needs some better running backs. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to put it out there right now. Free nuggets. He needs some. He needs to make Chris, some moves. Prince Thompson's had some good PPR uh, uh, points because he's getting ball thrown a lot by uh, Alex Smith, but 
Oh, yeah, totally. Man. But maybe, you know, putting a starter in at a running back spot would be good. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't draft for him, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though it is week two, Disley is the number one fantasy quarter uh, tight end right now. So, I mean, uh, he's wow. produced the most points by the tight end in the last two weeks. What do you know, Dominic? Don't throw stats at me. <laughs> Hey, as, as Jeff would say, small sample size. Okay? Small, small sample, sample size. Small sample size. Go. He's not a right. statistician. So. All right. Lastly, we have the Nemesis game for this week. It's the Godfather versus Noble Savages. Obviously, we already heard from the two, so they're obviously pumped to get it going. Who do you got, Dominic, in this one? Vince in a landslide. Sorry, Jeff. Kamara and Odell ball out. Huge games, and Jeff shouldn't have meddled with his team. And he starts to regret his trade after one week after losing. <laughs> well, Jeff, I think he said he beat you on that trade, man. <laughs> I think he just admitted it. Tommy, who do you got on that one? Yeah, I'm definitely going with my brother, uh, Vince, Noble Savages on this one. I think mostly because Mahomes, Beckham, Tyreek Hill, Kamara. Uh, I think that's a winning combination right there. It almost doesn't matter. Uh, what the rest of the guys do because they're they're still going to get points. The one questionable one position on his roster that I'm taking kind of a sl- as a slight is that he started the Miami defense against our Oakland Raiders. I don't know why he thinks uh, Miami's going to do well against them because Oakland's definitely getting this win and they're going to smash. I got uh, Vince in this one too, man. I saw firsthand uh, what Vince's team can do, and it's scary because every time you see one of his players on red zone, you're thinking he can score, and that's they all have breakout potential. You know, they all have all these guys can take the ball on one play and, and score a touchdown. So, yeah, I definitely have uh, Vince winning this one big. All right, fellas. So that's uh, that's it for today. Thanks for us, everyone for stopping by and making us part of your day. As always, please leave any comments or questions in our Yahoo Fantasy app or you can find us on Twitter. I'm at uh, FB Savant 7075. You can find me at Timo 52 underscore. And I'm at Yeast Mode 24. All right, everyone. Good luck this week in fantasy. Comedy Aha.